everybody, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod, trade deadline week style. Our third installment, day three of the trade deadline week with no trades. Bobby, of course, here with Bobby Marks, our front office insider. 11.52 a.m. for Bobby and I here in... 11.52 p.m., excuse me, for Bobby and I here in Bristol. We've been here since about 7 a.m. this morning. Uh, 1,150 phone calls later today. A lot of stuff starting to move. Some, hey, I think we might get this done tonight. Nope, it's going into tomorrow. Had a lot of that, but still no trades, Bobby, as we almost cross midnight into Wednesday morning. And I will say, in the words of one very highly respected league executive, <laughs> a top-level GM who declared, I'd never heard him quite put it this way. He He said, we have no deal Tuesday, Bolt Wednesday, and Toy Gun Thursday. <laughs> so, Bobby, we're about to head into Bolt Wednesday. Welcome. You know, you know I, I, I feel like, you know, for all those, probably not the young audience that listen, they probably have never watched a movie, is Bill Murray and Groundhog Day <laughs> when you wake up and it's it's the same day. But uh, the beauty of a deadline is is that we'll get to Thursday and we'll get more, we'll get deals here. You look at last year's, Last year's track record, there was 15 trades the week of deadline and uh, certainly led off by Kyrie Irving. I think we got a little bit spoiled with the uh, the Siakam and, and Ananobi trades uh, that, that have happened already. And there's been um, four regular season trades when you include that, that James Harden trade. And I think, you know, teams react when there's a deadline and, um, you know, Probably not that you know that marquee guy that who's unhappy right now will be moved by Thursday at at three, but there'll there'll be some deals here. Yeah, we don't have that big trade demand yet. It's a little late if you're gonna if you're a player out there thinking of making a big trade demand, you you might want to do it by the morning. Uh, players also should notice if you're traveling tomorrow <laughs> and you're going on a road trip and you see your GM get on the plane. He's probably going on the trip so that he's not leaving the head coach to have to tell you you've been traded or one of your teammates have been traded. So if you see your GM coming, you know that there's probably a guy or two or three who might be on his way out. You know, it's funny. And, and for those teams uh, that are home and you're practicing um, and you don't see your GMs in the gym watching, that's not a good sign either. I, I, I remember when. Um, Derek Favors had been in so many trade rumors back in 2010. We had just drafted him, and he was right off the bat. He was in the Carmelo Anthony trade rumors, and I just got to the they, point. They weren't rumors. No, no they, they, they were, were trade no, talks. They were, they were, he was in trade talks. No, I, I yeah. still have the binder of trade proposals, and uh, and I remember going down there, and then eventually we got to the point where we're like, you know what, I'm not going to go down to practice anymore because he would look at you like, is it time? <laughs> is, it, is it time for me to pack up my stuff and head out of here? What was the worst? All the trade deadlines. I covered a bunch of them. You guys were always in the middle of in, in Brooklyn. Well, New Jersey, Newark, and then Brooklyn. You guys were always in zany scenarios. It was the Nets. What was the most, like when you get to this time of year, Bobby, and you just say, I got PTSD from that one. Which one is it? I think I know which one it is. You know, we, we were talking before we started the Dwight. I mean, I'll give you two. We'll start with Dwight in 2000. Uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard in 2011, 12. That was the, the year of of the lockout. The trade deadline was in March. Um, you know, Dw the Dwight talk started right after the lockout was lifted. Um, and we thought we had a deal. We thought we had a deal to the point where. Because um, there were definitely no talks going on during the no, lockout. Because that no. would have been legal. That would have been. Yeah. That would have been illegal. David Stern would have <laughs> would have frowned upon that. Well, and the thing with Dwight was is that he had an opt. Um, 
he had a, a player option for the following year. Yeah. and um, Which he got bullied into on the flight from we, me one we, day. Yeah, yeah, we actually, uh, Dan Fagan, rest in peace, had sent Dwight's cousin with him to, uh, I think they were in Denver, to make sure he did not opt into his contract for next year, which he did. And that kiboshed the, um, the, 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 that kiboshed the trade right there. So I remember calling Dan Fagan at about when we found out Dwight had opted in. He was on a flight. J.J. Reddick will tell you the story. He was on the flight, and the team all got to him, and he agreed to opt in, and now they couldn't, you couldn't do the, right? It, yeah. It, and I remember um, Fagan wasn't there. He was, in, he was at his house, I believe, in Aspen, because I remember I called and woke him up, and he said, what? And he didn't know what had happened yet. And I said, Dan, I think you need to check on it. I think he just opted in. And I remember him, like, I could hear him rustling out of bed, and then... um. And sure enough, Dwight had opted in and well, and trade the, talks. The, the, the beauty of that was is that we had three months later gone out and got Joe Johnson in a trade and basically all our, you know, we thought all our capital, draft capital was gone. And Rob Hennigan, who was their GM at the time, called us like a day later. He goes, would you guys still do Dwight? <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have anything less. And real quick, the, the other one was the, the Jason Kidd trade in, to Dallas in, in uh, 2008 because there were so many different scenarios there like, what happened, there's two things that happened. One, Jerry Stack was, was originally part of the deal, and then Stack comes out and says, well, I'm going you know, to get traded, and I'm just going to go, get waived, and I'm going to go back to Dallas. And that raised the red flag automatically with the league, and the rule basically came in because of that. And the, the league told you you couldn't put Stackhouse in a trade, right? That is correct. And then the other thing was, you know, Devin George had, um, um, he had, uh, he had veto power on the trade because he had signed a one-year deal, and he wouldn't approve the trade. So I think we had somebody basically camped out his house in, in, in the suburbs of Dallas wanting to him to sign um, sign the paperwork. So what happened was, so both those guys come out and we're thinking, wait a minute, we're like $5 million short. Who could we find? And it was Keith Van Horn, who hadn't played basketball for about three years. We, we roped him in to be part of the sign and trade. The league approved it. Keith uh, sat in our... Um, our media room for three days. They, the, the NBA would come over and check to see if he was working out. We would have him go on the treadmill. And nowadays, and that rule came in. Now there's a rule now that if a player does not finish on your roster at the end of the season, he can't be involved in a signing. How much money did Van Horn make from doing that? At least $5 million. And he'd basically been retired for about two years. We've made a lot of, I mean, between him and Keith Keith Bogan, a lot of people money. Keith Bogan's was basically out of the league. You needed his contract to do the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade. And what did he make? He, he got like a, he, a little over five. Yeah, he still gives me a big hug when I see him. You should. Well, 2024 NBA trade deadline, Bobby. Uh, let, let's start here. Dwight, uh, yeah, Dwight Howard. Um, <laughs> Joel Embiid, another All-NBA center. He had his procedure earlier today on that left knee. It's going to be several weeks. There is, I don't know if optimism is the word, but but there's a belief that that they can get him back here. If this all goes well, that they can get him back before this season is over. How much time is left in Philly? That'll be the question. What he looks like when he comes back, how quickly he could be back at a top level. Those are all, those are all questions, and there's a lot of risk in this, but Philadelphia remains a buyer and remains remains a buyer in this trade deadline market. They're out there trying to do two things. One, 
when Joel Embiid comes back, assuming he comes back and he's healthy enough to play, that they have a team around him that can make a run. And can they make a deal or deals here at the trade deadline? I think they're con- they're confident in Philly. They're going to make at least they're going to do something. Can they get a deal or deals that allow them to not just bottom out here without him? And they, they want to stay in the top six, stay out of the play in. I mean, that's of course you do. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be possible. They're three games up on sixth place right now, and then there's another valley from sixth place to seventh. It's not inconceivable, and they they may find a rhythm here without him. It's I think it's been startling to their it's startled their system to be without him, and they played poorly. I think they can still play better, um, and I still think there's again deals for them to make. And again, this is an organization that. They have this window with Joel Embiid, and they're not conceding that the window is closed for this year. And they're going to see what they can rustle up here at the deadline, and and they hope they can get Embiid back and and get this train back on the tracks. You know, you look at at Daryl's uh, track record: uh, second most trades during the regular season, only behind Sam Presti in, in Oklahoma City. So there is that aggressiveness there. Um, certainly, the the James Harden trade from uh, a few years ago when he when they traded for traded Ben Simmons out. Uh, I, I I've said all along. Uh, Tim Bontemps and I wrote about it in December. It's kind of like, how do you hedge your bet? Right. Like we, you never, you never had that feeling that Philly was like going to go all in because you wanted to keep some, some of the assets and some of the flexibility when they get to the summer. And we can say, you know what, the free agent class is not going to be, is not great. And, you know, uh, free agents don't leave except for maybe like Jalen Brunson and Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet. But it does, you don't, you don't add just by free agency. You go, you know, you can go by the trade market here, who becomes available. Um, and I think how do you kind of thread the needle in Philadelphia where you're trying to keep some of those first round picks? You've got three that gets to five. Maybe it cost you a first round pick to go out and, and get a player and then also still have that flexibility um, to go out and, and, and do a deal, whether it be in free agency or trade, and then keep some of your own free agents, whether it has, whether it's a player like DeAnthony Melton. Um, we'll see what happens with Tobias Harris, some of, some of those other players there. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, Grand Slams, Web Gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's a lot more activity and there's been a lot more, you know, teams starting to get into position to make trades and looking at 
you know, as you got through today and into tonight and talking to teams, they start to see maybe what the real options are. And you start to make choices about what you prefer, what you could still tweak to get exactly what you might want or realize you're not going to get what you want. I think Atlanta's in that situation with DeJounte Murray. What can we get for him? Is it worth doing? And they're, I think, going through that process and of seeing what, what can we get. I don't know that they're going to get more than one pick for him. I, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I don't know that that's out there right now. And if it's, is it going to be a good player in a pick or is it going to be an expiring in a pick? It may not be much more than that. And so I think that's the calculus that they're trying to figure out. I think the Lakers remain active, trying to be involved. I think Bruce Brown, they're one of the teams. There's a bunch of teams with Toronto on Bruce Brown, Bobby. And I think they're, I don't know, I think Toronto's taking their time. I think they're waiting to see what exactly the best among them can be. It is not inconceivable that Toronto can take Bruce Brown. Having that team option on his contract, right, has value for them. Yeah. Again, at the tra- at the draft, they don't have to do it this week. I think ideally they will. I think he's a player, veteran player, who I think probably chance to go be on a contender versus this rebuilding young team. So uh, a lot of that stuff's still in motion. But D'Angelo Russell playing the way he's played – over the last several weeks, I think has changed the view of it in LA that I'm not saying that it's not impossible for them to trade D'Angelo Russell. I think it is far less likely. And the idea anymore that you have to incentivize a D'Angelo Russell deal or incentivize putting him in a deal because he's got that guaranteed money next year. I don't think that's how the the Lakers are looking to incentivize moving on from D'Angelo Russell. He's become, he's playing his best basketball as a Laker over these last few weeks. So um, they've got to decide if we put him in a deal, does that deal really make us much better? Somebody that much better than him right now that's available. And so that's all the stuff. I still think maybe there's something for the Lakers to do around the edges just to show some something, but I'm not, you know, if it's not Bruce Brown, if it's not Murray, I'm not sure there's a big one out there for him. Well, and and here's here's the challenge with making trades during the regular season with a deadline compared to the offseason here. And a lot of things are reactionary. Like in Toronto, it's not reactionary because they kind of know what direction they're going with when you do the quick, you get quickly and and RJ Barrett here and you're in your rebuilding slash retooling. But you look at some of the teams like, you know, Atlanta has played pretty good basketball. Before, you know, they lost against the Clips, but they had won three in a row against good teams. And then you look at a team like Chicago, um, you know, certainly with Zach Levine out with the injury has had a great win Tuesday night against Minnesota in overtime. You've got guys like Andre Drummond, who goes for 16 and 16 rebounds. He's a free agent. You have DeMar DeRozan, who you know goes for 24 and is having a good year. He's a free agent. They're sitting in that 9-10 hole. Um, do they think they can keep this together and make up ground? Or do you kind of look out for what's the best interest moving forward? And then you say to yourself, with, you know, for a guy like DeRozan, okay, if we don't move him, are we going to lose him for nothing? Is there teams out there with cap space out there? Some, and you know, cap space teams are more of those rebuilding teams. that we do a signing trade? And that's where the, the in-season deals are harder because a lot of it's reactionary off what just happened the night before. I think the Bulls all along, it's not been about necessarily getting a bunch of picks. I think they want to get good players back. 
And I think that's hard to do. I don't, the guys they have, I don't know that they're going to get a package. They're, you know, you look at what Toronto did with OG and Anobi. They got, you know, two very, you know, starting level players and Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. Uh, I don't know that that's available to the Bulls. It certainly isn't with the Rosen his age and his contract situation. And Alex Caruso has tremendous value. That guy impacts winning. He impacts winning. But if you're trading for him and you're a good team, you maybe you you want to get picks. You don't want to trade rotation players or starting level players. And I think that's the quandary there about whether they're going to find. I do think they're talking, but uh, the Bulls haven't necessarily shown inclination to. They want to stay competitive. They don't. They're not looking to bottom out. No, you're you're trying to you know kind of he- as I said, hedge your bet in the middle where you're not you know just building it with just draft picks alone. And I think you know you can point to what's going on in Golden State too. You know, it, it's interesting, you know, a team that's out of the play-in and, you know, you're hearing a lot about, you know, Clay Thompson, you know, should Golden State move him? What do you do with Clay Thompson? You know, got, you know and, and it, I think it's easy for the fan out there to say like, you know, hey, he's on, you know, it's break up the dynasty. He's on the last year of his contract. We just m- need to move forward. But man, when you win four championships, there's a loyalty factor and there's a loyalty factor, especially when. Um, if you're going to do something, you have Steph Curry sign off on it. And does Steph Curry want to be the guy that traded one of his best friends and, and part of that dynasty? And, and that's something that likely gets addressed in, in, in the offseason here. I think there's bigger, I think there's bigger things to figure out in, in Golden State. And it's not Clay Thompson. It's, you know, what do you do with Andrew Wiggins? Is there a taker for him? Can you clear up some of your finances? What happens with Chris Paul da- down the road here? Yeah, I, I think there's absolutely been some conversations on Andrew Wiggins. Um, it's a lot of money left on his deal. Uh, and what exactly I, I do think this with Golden State, I do not believe there is a mandate right now from ownership that they just have to get money off. Guys, I don't want to it, it I, I don't sense at all that it is Joe Lacob and ownership saying I don't want to I don't want this luxury tax bill with this team that's not terribly competitive. So, like, let's get off as much money as we can. They might get off money because it might, I think it would make, I think if they do it, it's because they think it makes sense on how they want to retool the roster. And so I I think that gives them some leeway here to see a little, like, they're not just, don't think they're certainly going to, like, incentivize getting off anybody's contract. So we'll see what happens here in the last 48 hours. Uh, But I think Golden State, most of their really hard decisions are probably coming. I think almost all of them are coming in the off season. I don't think they're coming in the next two days. No, I mean, listen, your tax bill is your tax bill right now. I mean, they're they're they got a hundred and eighty five million dollar tax bill and a two hundred million plus. You're not going to shave a hundred million dollars off. That's that's the reality of it. Now, the beauty of the, of these new rules is that teams got to spend up to ninety percent of the salary cap. So you get into the off season, and you know teams. 30, 40 million dollars in a cap. And, you know, maybe Andrew Wiggins looks appealing to them. Maybe, you know, you know, Chris Paul's got that non-guarantee. So there's there's ways for you, you have a, a longer runway when you get into the offseason if you want to start, you know, cutting costs a little bit. Bobby, we will be back at it early tomorrow morning. I think when we do this pod 24 hours from now, or maybe 25, 26, maybe it's one in the morning tomorrow because stuff's happening. Uh I do not believe we will have another goose egg tomorrow. I do think there's a few things that are uh, 
kind of, you know, they're not all big, but they're there. Um, and so we'll, I think we'll have some action on Wednesday. And, and just to review, again, in, in the words of a very respected league executive, no deal Tuesday, bullshit Wednesday, <laughs> toy gun Thursday. So welcome to bullshit Wednesday. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. Uh, special thanks, of course, to Bobby Marks, our front office insider. Uh, trade deadline week installment number three coming tomorrow. Is it number four coming tomorrow? Yeah, four. Four. So look out for that tomorrow. Be sure to also listen to the Adam Schefter podcast with my good friend Adam Schefter. We'll be back in about 24 hours. Have a great deadline Wednesday. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.